Hello and welcome to G'day GEA, brought to you in association with O'Neill's International Sportswear, the choice of champions. Please visit O'Neill's.com for all the latest offers. Right, I'm delighted to be joined here by John Heenan. John, thanks for coming along. I'm sweating from the brow, Liam. I don't think I'll stop sweating until about Wednesday. Yeah, it's very warm here out in Gelly Park. Shawnee, welcome along. Thanks, lads. Thanks, lads. I still have the voice in you after all the roaring shouting today. Yeah, so we're, we're out here live from um, Gaelic Park out in Keysborough after the, the Park Pierce's Sevens has just wrapped up. Unfortunately, we don't have a trophy with us here today. The Gary Owen um, hurlers, footballers and ladies footballers came up short. Um, the hurlers, we went down to a very good Wolf Tones team in the final, did the number on us and they were, have to say they're their best team on the day. Yeah, we can't, we can't. Like the team, <laughs> what's his name from Cork? I always said the team that scores the most at the end of the game win is the best team. And we've probably played our best seven tournaments since I've been out here. And we just came up uh, against a Wolf Tones team and we were well in the game and our goalie got sent off and six versus seven and a full length field in 30 degrees doesn't doesn't allow for much room for maneuver um so it wasn't to be today again but sure look we'll keep driving on See you, we move on there's a long year here uh, ahead of us anyway so look as i'll as i'll probably reiterate what you just said i was uh coach for the for the day um very proud of the players here and I, as giggle said we probably played our best hurling that we have all year um, probably the best best competition I've been involved in the last let's say seven or eight years I've been here but uh, came up short against a very very good uh, Wolf yeah. team and fair credit from they deserved it and uh, are walking away champions today yeah I think I think it's fair to say it's hard to cut across the team for our, for our team in particular like the sevens is a goal scoring competition and we scored how many goals we scored today Shawnee 18 or 19 in the first two games we got 14 goals yeah and then we scored Four, four in the next game. and then none in the final. Yeah. But our backs conceded two goals in four games in the sevens competition, which we'll have to give credit to Liam and Ducky, Teagle uh, and Finty and the boys. They were like, you know, to score, concede two goals in a, a seven-side yeah. full-field competition and not win it. Powers let us down. I know what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> we won't. We won't go fighting names now. But no, what are you talking? We win as a team. We lose. No, team. no. It was a great day, and we have to give huge credit to the Park Pierce. This is their biggest sevens tournament to date. They had a total of 53 teams playing on four t- four pitches. Kicked off a half eight this morning. Yeah. It's wrapped up here at half six. 78 or 85 matches or something like that. Yeah. No, no available time slot in any pitch from half eight till six o'clock. Like unbelievable, like and the no. standard in the ladies' football, men's football, hurling, camogie, and the second tier in the football, unbelievable. You know, we just watched the ladies' football final between Pierce's and uh, Cusick's. Um, unbelievable, unbelievable. The entire, the entire event, like the way it's set out and spread, and and all you know, all the logistics with it. I mean, absolute credit to Pierce's. Like, again. Shawnee's oh. favourite word, logistics. Oh, logistics. <laughs> That's an, an absolute credit to it the is, club, yeah. lads. It's a phenomenal. Like, if you could take any... I've asked a few um, Aussie friends to come down, and I hope they came down to see it today, because it's an absolutely great um, way to showcase Gaelic games yeah. to um, people who, who don't know what it is. But the thing I don't understand about it is, and we maybe just link back to Ireland, and, like, you've got an inter-county season going from pretty much now the 1st of May to the middle of August, right? Isn't like isn't it well and good for an Irish club to be able to kind of deal with this and set up this kind of a tournament, with, especially on the social side, and it's vital, like for the for the chemistry of it, that you actually have ladies' football and camogie and men's football and hurling all in one all day. in the one day, like that. that that's yeah, that's brilliant. what brings it together. Yeah, it's and like 
I'm probably after about five cans of strong boy now, so I'm probably talking faster <laughs> than the lads, but you, there's a lot drunker out than me out there now, and, and Jesus, there's nearly to be marriages born out of the Patrick Pierce's sevens and maybe even the Gary O'Nines at this stage, just, just with yeah, the whole chemistry of the tournament. And like, like. It, 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 and like we, we, okay, we've, we've been on it in our podcast the last year, we were talking about how we don't have you know ladies and uh, camogie clubs as part of the men's club, and it's all part of one, like, and, and out, out here exactly showcases all that and how everybody comes together and it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. yeah. An amazing day with two and a half thousand people through the gate here in Gaelic Park today, including players, but that's more than some of the league games over the weekend that we're gonna have in Ireland. You know what I mean? How like many, Liam? Two and a half thousand is the number that they have. Yeah. So you know, and, and teams from all over Australia, we had a team from Singapore who travel as well. Yeah. Like, you know, it's an amazing thing. To, people come down, they're here for three or four days. We actually won. It would be Pierce's men's football team in the first game yeah. or the second Singapore. game. Singapore. Singapore, did they? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fair play to them. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. they weren't coming over here to make up the numbers? No, no, no. Unbelievable. And look, there's always at the end of it, it's it, the sevens is such a tough game to play in in, in all codes, and when you when you don't end up winning it, it's a si- opening the next can. It kills on his next can. It's a sickener of a day because it's such a tough day, you know, on the body. And it was thirty-two degrees here by twelve o'clock today, and at six o'clock this evening, the final was still thirty-two degrees, and the sun was yeah. baking down. Like it's, I it's, give it's, you, it's I give a you a mathematical day. equation now that doesn't really compute. Thirty-two degrees and thirty-four years of age doesn't go into each other evenly yeah. at all. <laughs> That's yeah. the one thing. It's tough going. No, it's tough going. But um, yeah. Congra- fair play to the Pierces. I think what, the winners for the day were Wolf Tones in the hurling, Michael Cusack's in the ladies' football, Young Irelanders bet a very fancied Gary Owen football team. We just watched that there yeah. in the men's. Gary Owen were two points up at halftime with, with players such as Kieran Sheehan, Connor Dorman, and, and uh, D- Ray Donnellan. Ray Donnellan, who was playing for St Kilda, who was a Westmead senior footballer. They did, did a great team, but Young Irelanders obviously had the system worked down. The Camogie was won by Central Coast, who apparently was their seventh win in eight years. Unbelievable. Uh, there's a girl playing for them. She's um, from Offaly, or she's from Kilkenny, Kira Kinnahan. Oh she's yeah, never lost yeah. a sevens game in her career, and she's out in Australia eight years. She also captained the Australian Camogie team to win the World Games back in Dublin in 2016. So. And they didn't win it last year, I don't think. Am I right saying that? She had just had a baby. She had so a baby. She missed it. So yeah. she missed it, so she hasn't actually missed it. It's a fair game. go to Kira. We can't find Kira. We were trying to get her on the interview, but uh, yeah. she's got other engagements, I believe. Yeah, so the, the trophy presentation just happened. Sorry, that's Ray Conlon, not Ray Donlan. Yeah. It's like John Banbury. That's John, right. John Hanbury. <laughs> Um, look, he didn't listen to the podcast, Sean. He wouldn't have come on with us in Sydney if he knew you were calling <laughs> John Hambry. John Hambry. But um, yeah, we have um, one of the QZX ladies is going to come in and have a chat with us shortly. Lodgy. Lodgy. From Newcastle, Newcastle West. West. She's just out there getting the, getting the her trophy yeah. for winning. So they'll be into us shortly. So um, while we're waiting for Lodgy, we might just have a quick chat about the National League back at home coming yeah. up first. In one single moment, your whole life can turn round. I stand there for a minute staring straight into the ground. Things were just going through my head, you know, and because like, you know, I don't want to leave the people of Warford down, you know, because they're my life, you know. People of Warford are my life, you know, and I, 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 I love, I love, I love my county, you know. We love John Dry your eyes, mate. I know it's hard to take, but her mind has been made up. There's plenty more fish in the sea. So we're into the third round of the National League, Hurling League this weekend. Kilkenny Tipperary throwing. Fourth round, is it? Fourth round. Third round. Watford have played Carlow, they've played Offaly, and they've played Lee. So we're into the fourth round. Fourth round. Fourth round this weekend. Kilkenny are playing Tip and Turles today at 2 o'clock. 
might stay up and watch it. There's been a question, Liam, thrown out there in the media recently. Is Kilkenny and Tip a big game these days? Probably not the same marquee game that it's been over the previous years. Still, there's it is always for the supporters. It, it is for the supporters, yeah, and yeah. I, I still think even though Kilkenny are going into this game on Sunday, not in great shape at the moment. They've made some changes, and looking at that Kilkenny team last Sunday, look very ordinary at times. Um, to be up against it against Tip after losing against Wexford. But Kilkenny tape always brings out something special. You know, whether it's a league game in February yeah. or if it's... Is it in Northern Park or No, it's in Turles. It's in Turles. So Tim have a chance, so they can't win in Northern Park. No, they, they can't that. win in Northern Park. No, they have a <laughs> shocking record in Northern Park at the moment. But I'm still looking forward to it. be always hoping Kilkenny player tip it brings out the best in, oh, yeah. in, in those Kilkenny players. But it's tough times for Kilkenny at the moment. They're missing some of their big players. They're missing the Ballyhale boys. They're missing Buckley as well. There's yeah. no date on Buckley's return at the moment. And you kind of have to look last weekend and no disrespect to Paddy Deegan, he's had a great year the year before, but he's not going to do us first there at centre-back. And Kenny just looked so ordinary at times last weekend. It was, I was quite worried, to be honest. Yeah. There's, there's a kind of a sentiment, sorry to cut across you, Shawnee. There's a sentiment around Kenny at the moment that like when Colin comes back, when TJ comes back, when Richie Hogan comes back, that they're going to be All-Ireland contenders. But at the same time, the three lads I've just mentioned are over the, all over the age of 30. They all have fair miles on the clock. They've all gone through a club championship. Or, or Richie's dealing with his back injury. It's hard to know where Kilkenny are at, like isn't it? Like it's, it's just as hard to know where a lot of teams are at. But yeah, but just before you cut across me there, John, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> but I was I was actually going to go the other way. I was there like I wouldn't be losing all all faith yet, like because you've got T.J. Reid, you've got Richie Hogan, you've got Finley to come back, and you've got and if you if you get Buckley back as well. Yeah. Different, they're a different team again. Like I mean, they're four really, really top class hurlers. Like they make a huge difference in, on any team. Like so, I don't know. I wouldn't. I, I never. You'd never write off Kilkenny. Like any no, you wouldn't write him off. But, but I that, just that's a lot of impetus if you've got those fellas back. Mm. Like that's a serious, yeah. serious addition to your team. But you give us the names there. Those twenty-year-olds that are kind of coming through. The twenty to twenty-three-year-olds. You're kind of looking at them. The John Donnellys, the lad from your club. What's his name again? The corner forward. Oh, Bill Sheen. Bill Sheen. Bill Sheen. Bill Sheen. Yeah. These guys. There's none of them really, and, and maybe it's a fact that like when they would have come into Kilkenny panels before, they would have been around surrounded by yeah. superstars. So you're nearly nestled into it, or it takes you a few years to get into it. Whereas now they're being expected to do a lot. Now, I'd never write off Brian Cody. He's they should have beaten Galway last year. They came very close. Then they came very close to beating the All Ireland champions Limerick. So what there's about no way in the world I'm writing them off. But it's just, just on Nazo, what about the criticism last week, or I guess the, the analysis Eddie Brennan had on the on Jackie the Tyrrell, you mean? No, no, it was it was Eddie Brennan. He was talking about. Did you see that, Liam? No, I didn't see. No. Eddie Brennan was actually dissecting the um, the Kilkenny team, the sharp yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he was going through it and saying like, "This will not do for Kilkenny." Like, and really like putting uh, a bit of a an pessimistic slant on Kilkenny. And I'm I'm just wondering if if Cody saw that. No, he'd be absolutely spitting fire as over it. Yeah, and I suppose looking at it last Sunday, Limerick looked like they had an extra man there for most of that second half. Like yeah. they ran over the top of Kenny, like like they 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 were phenomenal. Like Kenny looked so far behind them in terms of hurling, in terms of game now, and in terms of just fitness Lim- and, Limerick, and conditioning. Limerick looked like the real deal. Like, but Limerick are at that. Like Limerick will do that to a lot of yeah. teams. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if Limerick will have to Cork as well. The, the flip side of that then is lads, if you go back for the last two years, right? This time last year we were talking about Galway being unbeatable. Mm. That's what yeah. we said. They were and unbeatable. Tipperary the year before. And the, just exactly the year before with Tipperary are unbeatable. And there's that's why Jackie Tyrrell made the point, right? He made the point he doesn't think they'll win it because this is the same repetitive kind of trend that yeah. we're seeing with the All-Ireland champions now 
albeit Galway and Tipperary had a fair few miles in the clock compared to this Limerick team who are very, very young and have lots of competition for places. But it's if you look at the league table right now, you look at Limerick, who are flying it. But everyone in the rest of them have question marks. Like Wexford are in second place on mm. four points and you say that they're playing a they're horrible brand of hurling. They're but they're gone all out. Like they're they gone all out. Doing. Kilkenny, you think Clare, by the sounds of the kind of media things coming through, you think Clare are top of the table. Yeah. But they've only they won one out Cork of three. It, it, it's, it's very, it's a very, and the, 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 I watched the Cork game. Sure. The free count that Clare yeah. gave away was shocking. Yeah. Like Patrick Horgan hit 15 out of 15 over <laughs> the bar. He got one from play and Cork got one four outside that from, 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 from play. It was r- ridiculous. But I think, I, th- I don't know who it was, John Milan said in the papers, this league is only a shadow anymore. It's a, yeah. it's a joke now. It's yeah. a shadow. It's, it's a, a joke. shambles, yeah. I didn't want to say the word, but you said it, and you're right. Yeah. I think the league, the Munster League and the Leinster League, which are the provincial champions now, championships now, are where the real kind of steel hits the ground. Yeah. These these things, and especially with no relegation. No relegation. Yeah, yeah that yeah. makes it even worse. Managers are able to blood their players, yeah. and we see it. I, th- I think I nearly think there's a more of an interest this year in Division 1B on both sides. I think there's a massive interest in the lower tier, the Offaly, Carlow, yeah. Leash dichotomy. And next weekend, Leash are playing Carlow, and the winner goes into the league quarterfinal, which is a massive boost for yeah. both counties. And then on the flip side, then there's Dublin, Waterford, and Galway. And where are those three teams? So Waterford are very much un- unknown quantity with Parik Fanning, lots of injuries out. Lots of light forwards around the place. Can will they be there for championship? Dublin got a bad beating from Galway last weekend, and I'm wondering can the cooler system kind of fit in with the intercounty play? And then Galway, Galway are tipping away, and they have their fantastic players, but yeah. at the same time they drew with Carlo. So it's one B for me is nearly more interesting at the moment than one A, even though all the big teams are up in one A. Yeah, because you have the, the like you have the, as you said, the Carlos, the Leash, the Offleys. You're looking at some team like that to to step up and start competing at the top level like and that's where it is interesting because the f- the, the top tier is just pff, I don't know I have no interest in it this year either. I watched the, the league hi- Sunday league highlights right, and things like that and but it, you can see they're only going through the motions no, there's, yeah. there's no team really going, going all out like it was last year last no. year's league was brilliant yes yeah. brilliant. exactly and it's just complete opposite this year right I think the wh- why though as well as they know now like Eagles has said what's up in that round robin yeah. system coming why would you be emptying the tank now yes when you know you're going to be playing uh, four or five games in six, seven yeah, weeks, totally you know what I mean. Agree. You're going to, like you're going to yeah. give everyone a game. You're not too worried. There's no relegation. Of course, people want win the league is good. You get a boost. You get a nice the county board gets a nice paycheck. But it just does not have any glamour before. Horsley Kenny in years gone by, I know they won it last year, but would always go to win the league yeah. every year. Whereas now it's definitely not a priority. And I think we spoke about this last year. Given the the way the championship season now is condensed, it's week after week after week. They're going to have to revisit it. They're going to have to revisit these games and competitions that are played before the championship because it's just not going to be sustainable on the players yeah. given the load they have in that six-week yeah. round period. There's like, <clears throat> it's very easy to say, right? And it's very hard to get through with the whole Congress, the way that, that that's set up. But common sense should prevail. And you've got competitions like the Sigerson and the Fitzgibbon and you've got competitions like the All-Ireland Club and you've got the League and then you've got this new League and, and you've got the FBD. Like... There's probably more games in January and February than there is in the rest of the season intercounty-wise, which is absolute madness, right? So somebody just needs to be able to step back. But again, with the way the GA is set up logistically, the Shawnee's word, right? You can't get these changes through very quickly because you have to actually get all 32 
counties to back it or 70% yeah. majority you'll know better than I will Liam but like mm. it's just very impossible so you're kind of stuck with this scenario now where you've got the club the Fitzgibbon the league all happening in January and February and then you'll go into March it'll be a league final or semi-final whatever April month for clubs my arse right and then May will be brilliant all the way up to August yeah. that's what'll happen and it's, and it's brilliant for us as the supporters like we said last year when Brian Cody was on with us in November it's amazing for us watching the games but it's actually not great for the teams yeah. the teams have said it themselves the players have said it and Brian Cody said like they don't like it's so hard on them because they're all working Monday to Friday they're trying to get the recovery and you play a game and a sudden you're back out and again yeah. on a Saturday you can't even do anything in between the games you can't do any proper sessions or anything yeah. but at least at least they put that week of a break in, in everyone has a week break this is, time yeah. very fair yeah and, and I suppose talking about Galway and Division 1B like we'll, we'll bring an exclusive here we had Mr. Joe Cooney hurling out here in the, in the party Pierce the Sevens today with Michael Cusack with Michael Cusack he, he, he was looking uh, he had a, a few pound put on since the all Ireland final from last year <laughs> to be safe to say now I can't fucking criticise anyone having now fat arse on me myself but he just criticised him there compared compare to a, a, a hurler like, but no, oh, but the, the, ru- the rumour was going around Galway this week and you'd see it on the 42.ie that Joseph Cooney wasn't going back to Galway yeah. and like Joseph Cooney was like one of the best players like I don't know did he get an all-star when he won the All-Ireland but you he was see, out th- you could see his class out there today like he just you could see the class like, yeah for sure when, when he's on the ball like the things he does with the ball like he just opens up a, ba- a forward line or a back line which is the passes and the vision that he has you, you can see the quality they have we now have the ladies footballers we have coming in here with the, with with the winning cup. cup we'll take a break we'll take a break we'll take a break we'll, we'll come back in here with Logie one sec travelling in a fight come on a hippie trail head full of zombies I met a strange lady she made me nervous she took me in and gave me breakfast she said, do you come from a land down under? A women go and men wonder. Can't you hear, can't you hear the thunder? You better run, you better take cover. Delighted to be joined here by, by Linda, the victorious. Were you, were you captain, Linda, of the Cusicks? I was. Captain of the Cusicks, who've just won the ladies' football um, around 40 minutes ago, beating Park Pierce in the final. And also you were playing Camogie for Cusicks as well today? I was, I was. Jewel star, jewel star. <laughs> How did you find today playing the Heat, playing two codes? I was, I was really tough. I mean, like, um, there's girls that do that for our club, Michael Cusicks. Every Sunday up in Sydney they play two full games and like they're they're just phenomenal and to come down here today and to play in the heat and to get to a semi-final and to get to a semi-final uh, of the sevens tournament and then to get to a final of a ladies football like we had six jewels and it's just phenomenal um, do you know the girls were lucky in the Camogie semi-final to get knocked out but thankfully we've we've a cup going home um, in the, from, from the football final but it was a really really tough day but always a great competition down here uh, Linda, Linda we, we were chatting there just earlier about the fact that there's a massive chemistry in GA in Australia compared to Ireland especially when you think that the clubs are all one compared to home how would you kind of find that now as a ladies footballer coming over here compared to what you would have been used to playing at home I honestly think it's better 
yeah. it's phenomenal it's uh, it's a home away from home you come over here like a lot of different people come over for different reasons it's work it's like um you know just coming to travel and then they, they end up staying here for 10 years because they get involved with a club and they like just love it absolutely love it like you know you make so many friends here you're out here you're in the sunshine you're playing Gaelic football you're playing hurling like people just absolutely love it and it's a home away from home and it's it's just phenomenal like we come down here like you've the other clubs in Sydney you've the other clubs that you meet and every year we play the state games together as well and you know you see the same faces and it's just it's brilliant like it's just everyone wants to be part of it and everyone wants to like and as I said like the Park Pierce is like fair play to them every year they do this tournament and it's everyone wants to be here it's yeah. it's brilliant and, and Linda to, to give this point though you all playing for Michael Cusick so they had the men's footballers as well and, and the hurlers you all came down together yes you have four teams playing today is it special being part of the, the bigger club all, all being in the one club the ladies and the men you're the one wearing on the one jersey the one crest oh it's brilliant and like all you had to look at there today when we walked off that pitch after winning that uh, final it was just phenomenal we walked off that pitch to people absolutely screaming at us like and just the support from from the rest of the guys like some of them were kicked were knocked out like at 10 o'clock this morning some of them were knocked out at at three o'clock and they stayed on and uh they just stayed on supported us and we could hear every one of them playing that final and when you're walking off and your legs are dead and you hear that you just say it that's why it's all worth it like you know and it was a brilliant final though we were watching it from up above upstairs there the standard in the ladies football it was a way better standard than the men's football in the final the pace it was end to end non-stop you seen the foot in the men's a little bit there's a bit of recycling coming back around it was just hell for letter you got two goals in the first minute looked like you're away with it and then Pierce's came back at you again yeah like the standard of ladies Gaelic football in Australasia is unbelievable like you could see that down at state games last year uh, every game was I think we won games we drew games we won games like it was just and, and ended up getting to the final and lucky enough winning it but it just told us what and coming across some of the girls in the club teams today like a lot of them have played state games and the standard of ladies football here is unbelievable we have a girl there a couple of girls that have come over from Ireland just this year one girl playing with the Mayo ladies senior football team and she thought she was coming over here and playing football for the crack yeah. and by God like did she say to me after her first couple of trainings she said Linda the standard is just unbelievable she just couldn't believe it she said like it's like playing at home she said like the club teams some of the club teams here would you know give the big club teams at home a run for their money yeah. you know it's just it's just brilliant and we've seen the trend as well in, in, the, in the state games I remember in part as well it was all about the ladies football final as well I mean like the ladies and ladies competitions out here seem to be getting a, a very high, at a very high level, and it, get, it gets the kudos it should be getting. Do you yeah. think it's actually gets more out here than it does at home? Oh, uh, d- definitely. And I think it's growing out here at like uh, you know at an unbelievable rate as well. Um, like I mean, it, it, it's going well at home, and then like I suppose when you you look at the AFLW out here, what they're doing with that, and the ladies Gaelic football out here, like it's just like it's it's phenomenal like and it's it's like it's great to see the couple of Irish ladies footballers coming out here playing the AFLW but if they came to the actual Gaelic football in Sydney yeah. or in Melbourne they'd get a couple of players there as well you know yeah. like it's just it's just brilliant and it's been it's been brilliant to see as well i know in Melbourne 40% of the playing population is female here in Melbourne your Linda has to go. We we'll get one second. Is it the same open Sydney in terms of the numbers? Is it around nearly nearly fifty percent is female playing? Yeah, playing yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is. Like we've seven uh, ladies football teams, and I think there's five camogie teams. And um, you know, like we had a seven ladies football team join last year, two years ago, and it, it's just brilliant. Like you know, and it's so competitive. Every week is so competitive. You know. Brilliant. All right, Linda. I know you're Thanks, getting Linda. phone calls there for the bus. The <laughs> bus. Yeah. They won't, they leave, won't it out leave it out. They won't leave it out the cup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
Thanks a million, guys. Congratulations, well and we might see you later on. Well done. Right, you can cheers. answer that phone there, tell them you're on the way. I will. Thanks, Linda. Take you later. Bye bye. Don't forget the cup. The cup, Linda. The cup. And your boots. And your boots. Yeah. <laughs> Take care, Linda. Thanks very much for joining us there. You might also hear the, the Young Ireland footballers have just won there, just behind the partition there as well, Giggles. We might send you around there to get one of them there now in a second. And we have a corner back on the ground here, uh, lying down, trying to stretch himself out. Finton McKillop, he's in bits here. Myself and Finton are only two Gary Owen hurlers not to score today. <laughs> Alright, we'll take a quick break and we'll come back with the Young Ireland men's footballers. to be joined here by Keith Cavanagh, the referee for the men's football final coming up here in a couple of minutes. Keith, how are you feeling about the big game? Yeah, looking forward to it now. There's a good attendance here. It's like a bumper crowd here. It's like the dubs are travelling. So we're looking forward to the final here. We are 2,500 people probably here today. It's bigger than a, some of the league games back home. So it's been a successful day so far. Gary Owen now in Young Orleans into the final. So yeah, we're looking forward to it and uh, we expect a good game. Keith, you made a big call in the semi-final by awarding a penalty last minute and two arch-rivals, Gary Owen and Wolf Tones. Did you feel the pressure when you made that call? No, no. When you're a referee, you make these decisions and you have to call what you see. And when somebody puts out their foot to block someone on, a, on the last kick, you give a penalty because that's what the right decision to do is. You, you make these decisions, that's what a referee does. He makes the call happy, 100% back my decision. That's why you're paid the big bucks, Keith. Best of luck in the final now and hope it goes well. Delighted to be joined by Brian Dean here, the coaching sensation who's delivered the sevens um, win for Young Ireland. Is, is it your first time winning it, Brian? Uh, no, it's um, it's probably our fourth, oh, fourth. Um, but good. probably the third in the last ten years. But uh, each one is sweet, like not, not, sweet. not to confuse Brian now with the Brian Dean that played centre forward for Leeds United and Sheffield United. <laughs> That's right, very yeah, different yeah. Brian Dean. <laughs> uh, sim- similar in some ways, but not not too many. Yeah, yeah. You got a thick head in him. <laughs> Brian, unbelievable game of football there in, yeah. in the final. Gary got to a great start. You look like yeah. you're under a bit of pressure, but you really just upped it then and, and kind of yeah, once I, the second I, half started, you really I, just kind of kicked home. Yeah, I think we were confident enough even at half time um, because I mean they're they're a formidable team. Gary Owen, I think they're champions from last year. Yeah. Like they're right. a good caliber of team. Like seriously, but um, Mac and Allen's really put it up to us in the semi final. We had to find another gear, and I think. Um, Gary Owen in hindsight might feel a little fortunate to, to get over the line against Wolf Tones I think Wolf Tones will really regret leaving that behind him so I think we probably had to find we probably had to go to the well a bit earlier than Gary Owen did and I think that stood to us in the final you know? your fitness was a massive thing Brian I was yeah. even talking to the Gary Owen boys before the final they are saying they're fit as fuck I hate to curse there now but that's yeah. and you just didn't stop yeah well we we had full faith in the 14 lads we rotated them all and that was, that was another thing I felt we had an advantage over Gary Owen I don't think Gary Owen used the interchange, or, or you know, maybe it's unfair to say, but I they seem to go to they yeah, go yeah. to the same ten or eleven lads. We use the full fourteen. Yeah, it's very like important. Every, yeah. we, we we did the same in the hurling here and yeah. in the in the out here and the other pitch, and it, it makes a huge huge difference. Like we had a really fresh team coming into this into the final. Like yeah. we did loads of legs, and we actually had the legs in the final. It looked like you had legs and. You were playing against guys who are actually playing AFL and are yeah. actually professional athletes out here. Yeah. So and you and your lads had no problem running with them. No, I mean we've we've done a lot of training. We were we had a we had our own sevens tournament two weeks ago. Um, I think today you guys had your your podcast for the draw was yeah. the day we had our uh, our tournament. I think that might have stood to us as well. Just having that sevens experience before you come mm. down here, and the year the last time we won it we had um, 
we had a night where we played we had a training night the Monday before Melbourne and we played Penrith three times and we lost three times to them and we ended up beating them in the final down here <laughs> then the, the same time in 2015 so yeah. I think a little bit of preparation in terms of just the actual way. match practice and the interchange getting ready to it yeah. makes an awful difference but I think I think there's something to be said about sevens I think I was reading DJ Carey's book or an interview with DJ and Young Irelanders when they had Charlie and DJ and Niall Rowan and all them went up to play Kilmacudge sevens yeah. at home and DJ describes it as the most difficult day of his hurling career nearly. That they got to the final, but they lost it. But that day, it was just absolutely empty the tank. And I think you can attest to it, we yeah. can probably attest to it from in the final of the hurling. It's, it's savage stuff altogether. It's, like, it's, 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 it's exhausting. So many things have to go right to win this tournament. So many things have to go right. The fact that we got to the final without any injury. Yeah, and massive, I, I, saw, yeah. I saw Gary Owen had a lad on crutches there on the sideline. I, I'm sure he must have been important to them at some stage today. Like yeah, Stevie actually got sent yeah. off in the final last year, so it's probably a good thing he wasn't playing. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was uh, it's a case of like, just to have your full complement going when you're going into the final makes an awful difference. There's so many years, there's so many good teams come down here, and just the way the competition goes, they, they go out the door and they wonder... They wonder yeah. how did that? How did they miss out on it? Yeah, like, you know, it's, 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 so, it's so difficult to win it down here. It's such a prestigious thing. Yeah. It's, it's the Australian Championships, for want of a better word. Yeah. A great example yeah. of that is St. Kevin's in the football this year, right? St. Kevin's won their two games by a combined score of 43 points. And the way the groups go here with four teams in a group and you yeah. don't play everyone, St. Kevin's got knocked out on scoring yeah. difference after winning both games by a combined score of 43 yeah. points. And and yeah. You'd be wondering, like, wouldn't you? Well, this is it. I mean, we, we saw the draw now and we saw we were probably against, on paper, probably the two other stronger teams I think Brisbane went under the radar in our group the Brisbane Harps and they got a they got a surprise win over Sinn Féin in the first game Yeah. and a, a last minute goal but but I thought the fact that we got to play Sinn Féin and Penrith playing the tougher teams in your group stands here when it comes to the semi-final or final if, if you have a, if you have a game that's a, a little bit of an easy beat for want of a better word it comes back to haunt you later because you haven't put in the hard work that's a fair point you know? yeah. and Brian how do you find coming down I know some of the Sydney teams they find it hard to keep the boys in on the Saturday night <laughs> yeah, especially <laughs> when, the, when the competition on the Sunday how did you go last night with the preparation well, did you tell the boys go and have a couple of points or did you no, did you no we, we didn't in fairness no we said we we planned this a fair bit in advance we told the boys to take the Monday off and not to go back to the Monday so that they could do their celebrating tonight and they can do their and enjoy the weekend and enjoy what Melbourne has to offer and uh, a few of us in fairness came down last night there was a few extra boys uh, of us came down to do the drinking so they didn't have to <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, take one for the team that's Brian, it, you know. but that's Brian yeah. you're celebrating your 50th year up in Sydney this right. year and you had that competition last weekend up in yeah. Sydney and I saw Marty Morrissey gave you a big shout out on Twitter did, but yeah. you had it inside in the middle of Sydney this time wasn't it Ra- right, rather yeah. than out in Ingleburn which was great was that was it hard to organise that uh, to have look, that we were very fortunate I mean all the teams do their pre-season training in Centennial Park and Centennial Park, um, the, those lands are, the, they're getting more and more kind of precious about what teams go on there. And, and where we're actually training now is where the Sydney Swans, where our tournament was on, was oh, where yeah. the Sydney Swans are training oh, at the minute. Geez. Because of all the construction work around the SCG, their pitch is gone. Yeah. So it's in fantastic condition. We, it took about four years of work, but our chairman, Jack McGovern, and, and Nicole Phelan, our secretary, have done powerful work. And, and the committee behind them did powerful work they probably had the patience of saints to, to keep going with, uh, I suppose, the bureaucracy side of things, but they got it done in the end. I think what stood to us is we were able to show them the photo of the first team playing on that oval 50 years ago. Oh, yeah. And Brilliant, that yeah. made an awful difference because, to be fair, when you're, when you're dealing with local government, heritage is something that stands to them. Yeah. Yeah. You know? and, and, we're, and that photo was always prominent in, 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 our, um, in our discussions and everything with them, and, and they gave a kind of one-off uh, thing to Free us to pass. have the tournament there. 
Oh, it wasn't free. <laughs> Tell oh. you it wasn't free. But uh, but it went down well, Brian. Do you it think there could be an opportunity for you to do it again next year, given how well it went? And I saw some of the photos on Instagram. Yeah. And the course. Did you have some from the Irish, the Irish ambassador, or was it he there? Yeah, the, the Irish consul general, Owen Feeney, yeah. uh, was kind enough to come out on the day and, and present the medals. Yeah, I've seen that. Um, and, and, you know, he, he's, um, he was very interested. He, he's, he's pretty new to Sydney now, but he was very interested to hear about how we were operating with the local government, the local authorities and everything like that. And he was, he was certainly you know, very impressed with how the day went and, and we'll probably take up our case with the local authorities to say, you know, this is good. It's, it's actually Sydney heritage as well because we had seven of our 1969 team there on the day. Unbelievable. You know, amazing. Which was great. Which That's was amazing great. Yeah. that many's still there. So, yeah, to have that many still in Sydney. We've two in, two, we've one in Melbourne, uh, Brian Rooney, and we have two lads in WA over in Perth. And the rest, the the rest of them, are, the rest of them that are alive are, are still in Ireland. Brilliant. And there was there was one guy, Seamus Dowling, who was on that first team. Uh, he passed away, uh, I think, sometime in the late seventies. And the championship football trophy is named in his honour in oh, Sydney. Brilliant. You know, so now, yeah. Where are you now in the domestic season in Sydney when you go back? Brian? Uh, we had one round of the league last week, so um, I think the World Games has changed our calendar around a bit. I think we're more in line with the Victorian setup this year. Uh, in that our championship will probably be early August when it finishes. I think uh, you guys finish late July normally. Yeah. yeah. So I think we're early August. I think to align with the World Games. And are you involved with that, Brian? Uh, not with the World Games. No. 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 Okay. no. But uh, I, I know the guys that are going from Sydney, and they're they're a good, diligent bunch. So I uh, wish them all the best for that. Yeah. And Brian, obviously, so much preparation goes into um, a weekend like this. But you said you had a, a first round of the league last weekend, which would have been 15 aside. Yeah. Did you mean? We did, we got a win. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, did you yeah. find it hard to transition back your training all along for the sevens? Yeah. You go back, you play 15 aside, and then you come out today, you play three quarters of the pitch, seven aside. It's completely yeah. different. Completely different, yeah. But I think we were lucky as well. Like we've, we've a serious bunch of lads this year. We've about 30 of training on a regular basis. Um, so the 15s was a great workout for the lads that probably we had our sevens panel together since the, our tournament two weeks ago. So we were able to kind of put that to one side. They had had their run out together. Um, and then we were able to incorporate the rest of the lads and mix it up a bit and you know it went well for us the first day I think there's another fixture another round of league fixtures before St. Patrick's Day then there's another couple of club one day tournaments and you I think from April we're all gung-ho every weekend then Beautiful. and you're doing great work up in Sydney I know you're trying to get the, the grounds developed out there you have permission yeah. to get some new club rooms Yeah, which is very exciting because you'll have a great complex up there hopefully yeah, that's, yeah, up that's still that's still it's still probably a few years down the track, but it's it's not for the one to try. Yeah, yeah, which is great. Yeah. And um, being a great, uh, just before we let you go, just being a great uh, West Cork man and uh, with Clan Gael there in West Cork, yeah. can you give us uh, what you think of the state of the nation in the Cork football at the moment? I think we'll. Uh, I don't think we've hit rock bottom. I'm afraid. Don't you think? I don't think so. No, I think. We'll I think rock. I think rock bottom will be next year in Division Three. <laughs> but Jeez, um, we have Tipperary and Clare ahead of us in, in Munster. This no, is we're, it. We're this is it. But um, Waterford now to pass us out next. I'm slightly. I'm slightly worried that um, we're probably a couple of years too late in going in this defensive style of football. I think everyone's kind of evolved beyond it. Actually, there was a good article from Kieran Shannon, the Irish Examiner, this week, pretty much saying the same thing. But. Um, I think we have to go. I think we have to get worse before it gets better. Um, you, might be, you might be brought back into the fall, Brian, to bring some of your tactical nows from the sevens home to Cork. Not at all. But I tell you, I, yeah, I, any good with pitches or laying good pitches? I, no? said, I said it to Kieran Sheen there when after the game. I, I thanked him for 2010. I said sorry about yeah. today, but thanks for 2010. Exactly. <laughs> then we could do it. We could do it with the legs in back there. But um, it's 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 just. I think I think we just have to go through this. We have to endure it. Cork can turn quick. Very quickly. Yeah. Very quick. Yeah. I just think. 
I, I think we're only now appreciating what a legend Billy Morgan was as a manager and just a fella that was around. And he picked up a Sigerson this year yeah. with uh, UCC. Uh, yeah, and like when you see him pick up a Sigerson at 74, yeah. you know, you just realise what a legend he was. Unbelievable. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. Brian, thanks so much for coming in. Thanks very much. Let's love the podcast. Best luck with it. Yeah, thanks, Brian. And I know you'll be getting the bus back into town there. That's we, it. I hope they waited for me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, they will. They will. They will. I'll give you a spin if you're short. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. Take care. Mind thanks, yourself. Take care. Good luck. Okay, so that's myself and Sean left here now. Giggles is just walking away. He's gone for more drink, is he? He's gone for more drink, I think. Might take a quick break and we'll come back in a second. The ball hands out the far side to Henry Shefflin. Henry has a look. Henry puts it out. Oh, oh! There's the insurance fight. Mrs. McGinnis. Kick that one out. Kick the bones out of that one, Mrs. McGinnis. Cusack is not till in now. All right, we're just going to finish up here now shortly, but we're delighted that Claire Gallagher, the secretary of the Park Pierces Club, has come in to have a, a chat with us. Firstly, Claire, how luck in the final brilliant game of football. We just had Linda, the captain of Cusis, come in and speak with us. How are you feeling after it? Oh look, I'm devastated. It's the second sevens final I've lost um, since 2015 when I moved here. But um, look, they're an unbelievable side. Um, it was funny, I was printing out the team sheets because I manage all that for the club and um, I noted that they're probably the oldest ladies club by average with us being second oldest ladies club um, in terms of the age of their players. Um, oh, but that average age player. <laughs> Tell us. <laughs> I'd say late 20s. Oh, yeah, yeah, early 30s. <laughs> they had a couple in at 22, 23, 24 and we had the same. We'd won actually girl under 25 and uh, the rest are all... No way. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, but don't worry, we've good people coming through. Uh, to, be, to, be, to be fair, like I was looking at Sue there playing foot forward, and she was fantastic for the whole tournament, wasn't she? Oh, she's unbelievable, and going yeah. to World Games now. And they, they were they were out with the kids' GA only last week, trying to poach a few uh, a few up and coming pierces. <laughs> so they're working from the ground up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are, we are Take, bring them in at all angles. Yeah. But, but Claire, obviously, you know, hard luck in the, in the ladies' final. But we were just saying before you came in to talk to us there, it's been an amazing day. I reckon it's been the best sevens tournament I've seen in my time here in Australia. It's the biggest one in terms of the number of teams. Are you happy with how the day has gone? Oh, luckily, and we're delighted. I was just talking to um, Eugene Nannery, the president there, and we're very lucky as a club that we've got, um, you know, a good few older slash founding type members, but we've got a great crew of young people as well that really drive it on. Um, and all day we were sort of, sort of waiting on the phone for something that was going to go wrong or something. Yeah. You know, there's always usually some kind of mix up at, at some point in time, but apart from the, the finals there, which were put back by 15 minutes, which was yes, to accommodate a, a clash, um, the game, the day went absolutely um, amazingly. And look, the weather really helped today. We um, 53 teams uh, with a team from Singapore knocking out our own Pierce's men, yeah, um, which is just absolutely amazing, yes, yeah, you know? It is. Yeah. Um, and like, we get asked, like you hear saying that now, but it was. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great to see. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Fantastic. Like it's absolutely fantastic. Like we're we're very proud, but also very conscious that you know we want to try and make it bigger and better, and you know keep going the way it is. So with that clear, obviously you had fifty three teams today. Four pitches going from half eight till six o'clock. Do you think next year you could potentially secure another pitch? And because I know there's other teams want to get into this. Oh or, look, or, yeah. Are you at capacity? 
Look, I think from a volunteer point of view, that's what it really comes down to. Um, we yeah. would love to accommodate other teams. Like we had requests, you know, even even you guys wanted to, you know, run off a second hurling competition. We had probably five to ten inter- interstate teams alone that asked for extra teams. Never mind everyone here in Melbourne that could have fielded a second or possibly third team. Um, but what it's all about is our volunteers, and um, you know, we've over 100 people registered with Pierce's and we're only four weeks into the season which is absolutely amazing and so it's really those guys out there like today we were in a lucky position where our ladies didn't have to do really any volunteering all the way up to their final you know they didn't have to do any any lines any umpires anything like that we're very lucky and that makes it a tough day like when you're playing and you have to help out in the bar and cook the sausages and what, what not like it, it, it really takes it out of it but just just for listeners at home who don't know Claire Gallagher she's actually the sister of Rory Gallagher the former Donegal selector and current Fermanagh manager so she's got serious GA pedigree in her background she joined Padraig Pierce's five years ago yeah this is my fifth, fifth so four years ago is my fifth sevens yeah. fifth sevens and like she's a driving force behind not only the GA and Padraig Pierce's but the GA in Victoria as well oh thanks so, very like, much Giggles Claire we're delighted to have you and, and look again today Unbelievable day! Like it's been fantastic. It Thank was. you. Giggles is giving all the compliments because Claire's doing the fixtures this year, so he needs uh, <laughs> he needs her to accommodate a couple of clashes there for Gary Owen. But a couple of wedding requests. <laughs> in a couple there, of wedding requests. But I do stand by everything that Giggles said. It, um, the Park Pierce's club is one one of the biggest clubs in Melbourne, and Claire has been a huge driving force for Pierce's. But also, I can work around on the Victoria committee. And we're so lucky in Melbourne. We just spoke to Linda there that we, the playing population is nearly almost fifty percent female. Um, and without the females in the GA in Melbourne and Victoria and all the clubs, it wouldn't be in the position it's in. And we just spoke about earlier, Claire, I'm sure your thoughts on it would be the same, is that how amazing is that all the clubs are all together, all the codes. Whereas at home, the ladies' football club would be separate, whereas here, Park Pierce's are the same hurling and football, or sorry, football and ladies' football. Oh, it's absolutely amazing. And, and even at home, there's such an age gap, particularly in ladies. The men's a little bit different, that you mightn't even have anything in common with the person you're playing beside. Whereas, you know, they could be 10 years or 15 years younger than you, or older than you, um, when I was playing back in the day. But um, it's absolutely unbelievable. Like, to we see it really as them being family here, you know what I mean? And we've lots of girls. We've some girls playing with us who can't kick a ball or couldn't kick a ball. Um, 12, 18 months ago um, like Boo uh, Richardson who was playing midfield for us today didn't play GA till four years ago yeah. my cousin Jack Winter my, Jake, my cousin Jack Winters was playing full in a two man full forward line with Keith Cavanagh today in the Pierce's Juniors he hasn't played football in four years he played rugby with Connacht but um, he's after winning the nines and the sevens. Exactly. He's, he's two for two. He's so he's and he's, he's a rugby delighted. man. Exactly yeah. right. You know, and uh, Keith Cavanagh would have driven that average age up as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keith as well. <laughs> Keith Cavanagh's nearly 50, I think. And he was, a fairness to me, ref the men's football finally. He did a great job. But look, I'm conscious of time. I'm conscious that you're packing here. up all the chairs, Claire. Here There's a tsunami here in the hall. Tsunami yeah, here in the hall. It was happening last year as well. Yeah, we couldn't stop him. So thanks very much, Claire, for coming to speak to us. Thanks for a brilliant day and thanks to Park Pierce's. Thank you. And just a quick thank you to every single club that came in the doors today, every single person that supported us and thanks to you guys for having us on and doing the live draw which created a lot of hype around the event we're looking forward to getting our cut of the, the takings on today yeah. <laughs> <laughs> alright that's it for good AGA thanks very much to Giggles Claire, Shawnee, Brian Dean and Linda for coming on and have a chat with us and this is and Finty Ed, and Finty for being the road he's trying to keep the girls quite there banging all the chairs <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in association with O'Neill's International Sportswear the choice of champions please visit O'Neill's.com for all the latest offers have a good night everyone take care good luck. Good luck.